Hello, folks. Welcome to another episode of Catch Up, the podcast about contemporary hip-hop that examines where hip-hop has been, where it's going, and where it is. I'm Jordan Suami. And I'm James Rathbone. And we're back after a few-week hiatus. Mm-hmm. We had uh, some vacations. Kyle went to a des- Our producer Kyle went to a destination wedding, which looked fantastic on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, to give you some context for this this episode, this is uh, the, first, the first of two best of 2018. A little wrap-up. A wrap-up on catch-up. Yeah. So um, the first part of our best of 2018 is going to be our kind of like awards uh, show where we give out awards to a bunch of categories that we thought were funny or interesting. Uh, the second half, we're going to talk about best out records uh, for the most part. But the, the first part is like, you know, the sort of like the catch-up. Uh, well, I don't like the Oscars and I don't like the Grammys. Is there like a good award show that we could say this is like the Nobel Prize, perhaps? Or um, no, the they, that is MTV, sex scandal. The MTV Video Music Awards in 1999. Yeah, so this is uh, the catch-up version of 1999 VMAs. VMAs. You almost said the MMVAs. I know. It's embarrassing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's do it. Okay. So uh, we got to start off with uh, pretty much the most important thing in rap, and that's controversy and you know general scandal. And this year had one of the greatest rap controversies of all time. Yeah, one of the, I would say one of the biggest scandals in rap. Of Absolutely, all time, for sure. And uh, it's just so entertaining. I mean, you know, it's like a lot of rap scandals or or like crises or conflict. It can get a little ugly or have like a really dark side to it. And this one doesn't really. I do think there's a dark side to well, it. Well, okay, but relatively yeah. speaking, uh-huh. you know, like yeah. it's, it's not, there's no, you know, murder. It's no murder. You know, any kind of other real violence in it. That's true. It's, you know, like a. So what is it, James? Well, so the best controversy award goes to Drake hiding a child. You are hiding a child. Let that boy come home. Deadbeat motherfucker playing Border Patrol. Ooh. It's like out of a soap opera or like, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's just like if you Maury could. Povich. Yeah. I mean, like if you were to write like uh, a f- what is like the funniest way for Drake to, you know, kind of fall apart. Hiding a child uh, until he launches a clothing line loosely named after him on Adidas and then losing that clothing line and then going back to Nike. That's like the funny. I don't know. It doesn't really get funnier to me than that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I I, I do. T- I, it is a funny this the, the idea that he was going to reveal this as a part of a marketing campaign is somewhat funny. Yeah. Um. I do think that if it if it actually came out, it would actually be super cool. Like if when we first found out that he like had a son is like him in his new Adidas outfit with a son, I'm like, this is kind of cool. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just I just think that we wouldn't think about it so deeply. It would just it just wouldn't it wouldn't be like he didn't tell us he had a kid until his clothing line came out. Well, it was like it would depend on what the clothes look like. It's also true. I also I also do take issue with it being like completely all jokes because I don't think it's all jokes. I think that a lot of the I mean, not to be the fun police, but I feel like a lot of the jokes about 
this controversy end up with the kid sort of as the butt of the joke I, in some ways. That's, and that's like, fair. And it, just, and it fair. And like, like, it makes me feel kind of uncomfortable because it's because like, I mean, a lot of people have been waiting for Drake to be knocked off his peg and, you know, I, and I totally like, you know, I think that's completely fair game, you know, especially mm. uh, for some people like Drake triggers a lot of what they don't like about this current era of rap. And some people just can't get over the fact that this guy is the, basically the leader of this generation in some ways, or at least one end of this generation with, if you were going to say Kendrick is the other end Mm -hmm. or, and Cole is somewhere in the mix of that. But I, but I do think that the glee with which people celebrated that him having this kid with this woman who's an an ex adult film actress, like all stuff, it was just, it was just, it felt kind of perverse for me. You know, I, I enjoyed the memes. I enjoyed that. But I mean, like, it's it's the it's glee. Hi- but hi- like hiding a child like you are hiding a child that that uh, as like a all time topic for dissing somebody with. It's pretty funny. It's I mean, come on. It's funny. Come on. It's funny. It is funny. I mean, I agree with the, the, the kind of jokes that it's like Drake. It's like when it, when it's more at the uh, on Adonis is you know and the and the and also the baby mama they're kind of you know especially the kid kind of like a bystander in this but Dr- like Drake strays yeah but Drake come on like yeah I mean I don't I don't have a lot of sympathy for Drake in this situation like he released I'm upset before like about the whole thing before re- like releasing that he had a kid you know like. Uh-huh. It's like that it's was preemptive. It's preemptive. He was yeah. trying to get ahead of the story. Uh, and like, I don't know. It's not like the most respectful song to my child's, your child's mother. Yeah, it's true. You're right. Anyway, it, like for, I, I, do you not like the controversy then? Do you have an, uh, I think that there no, should be No, I another? think that, I mean, if we're going to, if we're giving out superlatives based on like, and we're trying to be as accurate as possible, this is the best controversy of the year. I, I would have said it was more like the beef in general. I right. mean, but that does bleed into our best beef. Yeah. Um, but that's also not my choice for best beef. Right. But um, but I do think that it's like the whole story of like Pusha and Drake's situation mm-hmm. is the best controversy of the year. Yes. You know, and if you if you go back in time and think about like how it all unfurled and how it started with Pusha taking some strays at Drake and then Drake dropping the Duppy freestyle. Yeah. Which I, I still remember the day it dropped because in <laughs> Boosie Fade, the group which if you somehow don't know, and we mentioned almost every episode is the very popular hip hop and R and B group that James and I run and was this, this helped spawn this podcast. But there was a huge thread. Like I remember when it dropped, yeah. I saw it pretty soon after and I posted it in the group and I was so excited. Yeah. Like, the energy that was coursing <laughs> through my body at that moment, like that is like, like now that I'm talking about it, thinking about it, like, that was like one of the peak like moments of being on the internet for me all year <laughs> was just like posting that in the Boosie Fade group and watching all of the responses and seeing how excited mm-hmm. and like freaked out people were. And then you had some Pusha stands in there who were like, oh, okay, he, 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 you know, he kicked the hornet's nest, like, just wait till Pusha comes back. And we were like, nigga, shut up. Yeah. Let us enjoy this. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, but, but I remember at the time it really felt like, like, like I felt, I felt such civic pride in that moment. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. felt like, wow, Toronto, we're fucking untouchable. We, I, we got but, the biggest rapper in the game. Our basketball team is great. Yeah. We got Mitch Marner. The Leafs are looking good. You know what I mean? Po- like, I po- <laughs> posted it on, I remember playing it on Boozy, it came out the day of Boozy Fade and I played it that night and everybody was like, go like, yeah, like this is super tough. And then a few days later. And then, and then I mean, I guess the, 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 the moral of the story is, um, Maybe you shouldn't be popping shit if you got like secret blackface photos that no one has found. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like Drake had so much to lose by 
responding. It was definitely like, I think early in his career, people were calling him soft. You know, people were calling him out as like, you know, a lot actually in the first few years, just kind of in the, only to the degree that kind of like Pusha did with like just kind of strays and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and like Drake addressed a lot of that, like by calling the person and like charming them more or less, you know, like he's like, oh, well, like when DMX was like talking about him, he like let it Drake, like let DMX know that he really liked him and that kind of thing. Uh And like, obviously there's, you know, if you haven't, if you want to know more about this beef, you have to go and listen to our episode about it. Yeah. The complete guide to the Pusha T Drake beef. Uh, Cause the history is there so that Drake wasn't never going to try and charm Pusha. They had the, the Bad blood goes on back a long time. Mm-hmm. The thing that was in, really interesting to me, and I maybe said this at the time, was that Pusha had never done, had never released a track like this. He'd only ever sent more strays, and I think it's actually episode four. Yeah, it's so early on. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Drake had only ever sent strays like that, and he recorded that diss, which is a great song, Exodus. But he never really like is mentioning names. It wasn't like personals, so Pusha didn't really have a precedent for this. But it was like. When he wrote this, it was like the stars aligned for Pusha. And he just like had like, it's like in Dragon Ball Z when they like are charging up, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. That was where Pusha was waiting for Drake to push the drop, the like first punch. And just he responded and destroyed. Yeah. I mean, we, we get into this really deeply in that in episode four, which I think a lot of people consider to be our best episode. I think that was our strongest feedback overall. Um, yeah, just some hubris on Drake's part. Mm-hmm. He he mis- he underestimated his opponent, and when your opponent is like a seasoned vet mm-hmm. who's in his forties yeah. and has nothing to lose, has nothing to lose, and seemingly has no skeletons either. Is, yeah, he's he. I mean, there was there was this rumor, which apparently has been confirmed <laughs> at least by Pusha, that uh, Drake and the OVO team had a hundred thousand dollars on the streets for any dirt on Pusha T. Yeah, and he was saying. He was like, you know, like, I mean, keep searching. There's like, like, there are no skeletons in my closet. So anybody who has the bravery to say something like that, yeah, you gotta be. absolutely has. He's like, gotta be like whistle clean, like yeah. Barack Obama clean, but yeah, exactly. in a different way, <laughs> like yeah. street, streets Obama clean. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. like I, like I wouldn't say that. You know, <laughs> I 100 percent would not say that. But I'm that, like, I never would say that. Like, it would be, a, yeah. it would be, a, it would be the most foolish thing I could say. There is so much dirt out there on me. You know, I mean, so don't you know. Blackmail artist. Yeah. I hope you didn't hear that. You're saying too much right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm upset. 50,000 on my head is disrespect. So offended that I had to double check. I'ma always take the money over sex. And our next award, the next superlative we're handing out for 2018 is Best Comeback. Um, James, who do you have for Best Comeback? Because I think we, we both agreed on Best Controversy. Yeah. I think we might have different answers for this one. So my I've got an honorable mention, which is uh, Pusha T. You know, as we just discussed, he destroyed it in a beef with Drake. He put out uh, his best solo album, in my opinion. Uh, the best part of the Wyoming sessions. Uh, one of probably my top 10 records of the year. Uh, you know, and you know, it was just like this wonderful return to form for one of like my favorite artists kind of when I was coming into hip hop. But my, my, for me, comeback of the year goes to Kid Cudi because I really thought his career was totally over. You know, Pusha T was maintaining, but Cudi, I thought he, I mean, I know like this is blasphemy to like serious Cudi fans, but like, I didn't think he'd put out much of any value in like the last six years. And uh, it seemed like he was doing, like the 
the toils of being famous were really weighing on him. And then uh, Kid See Ghost was great. And he, and he, you know, it just like had this wonderful feeling of like uh, this redemptive quality for him that I, and like, I'm not a big, I was never a big Kid Cudi fan. Uh, there was just something about his story and like seeing him healthy and everything that I loved. Yeah, that's, it's a really, it is a feel good story. And he still is like a pretty mysterious guy in a lot of ways. Like he mm-hmm. doesn't post a lot on social media. When he's not around, we don't really know what he's up to. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really necessarily talk about it when he comes back in the public eye. He doesn't do radio interviews. Yeah. So he still has a kind of mythic quality to him. Mm-hmm. And the quality of the album was really strong. Mm-hmm. I think it being limited to seven songs also helped. Yes, that's um, true. Because in his, like his most previous release to that, Passion, Pain, and Demon Slaying, mm-hmm. there's probably like, I would say there's probably a good like five, six great songs on there. Yeah. Good to great songs. And the rest is like a lot of filler. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So it's it's good. It's good. I mean, I was a big Cuddy fan. It's good to see him back and doing well. And hopeful. I'm hoping that this will lead into his next solo stuff. Mm-hmm. So my choice for best comeback to me is pretty obvious. Yeah, it's uh, one of my favorite rappers, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the reason that we we met in some ways, yeah, we were just, had a really intense conversation about this rapper in 2012 on a on a mutual friend's facebook wall which you can hear all about in episode one of this podcast Mm -hmm. you should definitely check it out if you haven't listened to it um but it's meek mill yeah you know like it's a real cinderella story just like the ups and downs of his career like from the beginning where he like came up as this guy kind of through the mixtape circuit philadelphia dude Mm -hmm. uh came up very hard came up very hard his father was murdered when he was super young mm-hmm. um was just always very skilled at rapping linked up with Rick Ross really early on it was an on MMG and was just kind of like touted as one of the bright new stars of from like from around like 2011 2012 mm-hmm. and got moderate got pretty solid i would say pretty solid success yeah he was like a very solid i mean he was, I, he was a solid a minus rapper yeah. you know b b plus mm-hmm. like he was like he was like in the mid to upper echelon of the rap game yeah and I mean, had like with the Dreams of Nightmare intro has like a bona fide classic. Yes, like, you that, know, like lived on so well while he was locked up. Yeah, and uh, even before I remember, like Drake tweeting once, "Dreams and Dreams of Nightmare intro is really like one of the most important moments of our generation." Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, when he was tweeting like Ernest Baker, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that is a deep cut that maybe twelve people will get, but, but that's it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and like. And then, you know, as we all probably know, his beef with Drake around 2015 really derailed his career. Mm-hmm. I mean, even up up to that point, he his career was ascending. He started he was, when he started when he started dating Nicki Minaj. I was like, wow, yeah, Meek is in a whole other class now. Yeah. You know, like and then the beef with Drake just kind of derailed everything. Soon mm-hmm. after that, he broke up with Nicki, him and Nicki Minaj broke up. He eventually got arrested again. Mm-hmm. He became a laughing stock in the rap world and the music industry at large. There was like that that like video of him f- that he posted or whatever of him of slipping, slipping in front of his post- house, and people like made fun of him for that as if they don't fall like all the time. I, yeah, I imagine the people that comment negative shit online are the people who fall the most. Interesting, because why would they theory. be so salty? If they didn't like spend a lot of time think, in, publicly think, embarrassing themselves, I think the issue is that that's not salty enough where they were standing. Right? Hey, oh. I also host a comedy show called Dad Jokes <laughs> here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, at Comedy Bar. I don't know when the next one is, but there you go. It's bringing it to the studio. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it's like, it's, and then, yeah, the and so, then all this social justice stuff is just so amazing. Yeah. So like all of this, I mean, when he eventually gets a, a, like reincarcerated for a probation violation from a case that happened when he was 19 and the case sounds very shady yeah. from a, from a cop with uh, a history of questionable arrests and mm-hmm. behaviors while on duty. And so he's been dealing with this for like, you know, over 10 years of his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and he kind of became like, he became a folk hero. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and his cause was taken up by not just like people who are invested in social justice and, you know, Democrats and left leaning people, but also like right wing people, mm-hmm. bizarrely, like yeah. billionaires like Robert Kraft and mm-hmm. um, Jeffrey Laurie, like the like owners of professional sports teams. And like, so, you know, Meek Mill became Meek Mill's story and him and he himself became kind of like a hero to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. His The Dreams and Nightmare intro was the song of the Philadelphia Eagles when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And Meek couldn't celebrate that with them, but he wrote a really nice note about like what it meant to him to see yeah. to know that his city was like having this moment and his song was the soundtrack to it mm-hmm. and just all of this stuff so like when when meek eventually was released there was a lot of excitement mm-hmm. and a lot of it felt like it felt great but i think that what he's done since his release yes. has exceeded all of our absolutely. expectations absolutely so we'll talk more about the record later probably in part two of this yeah uh series of best ofs but just meek mill's comeback story is like for me the comeback story yeah. of the year i mean uh, he was on my he, he was definitely someone I considered as well my only thing is that you know at least in my heart Meek never left <laughs> so it's like he's almost more like a most improved or something like that but anyway I'm with you yeah uh, all the youngers in my hood popping perks now getting high to get by it's getting worse now you gotta tell them put them guns in them perks down them new jails got 10 yards in them and that's your first down uh and I ain't kind of preach I just had to say something, cause I'm the one with the reach. Youngin got a cool to LC, trying to turn in a meet. Ain't had no daddies, had to learn from the streets. The next award will go to Best Meme. So if I'm gonna answer this truthfully, I do think um I do think that uh well I have I have a selection from this year, but for me, mm-hmm. the best the best meme of all time in hip hop. Mm-hmm. That's a big this is a big statement, wow. but I really do feel this. I, I, it's like put some respect on my name. So what's no the issue? Shit, no shit. Ain't no issue. If it was an issue, you'll, you'll feel me. I just come to let y'all know, stop, put some respect on my name. <laughs> For me, that's like... That's, is that this year? No, that's last year. This oh, is old. Okay. I'm, I just want to mention this. Okay, this is okay, like, okay. Because like, it's like, that's the one that I think applies to the most scenarios <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in life. Yeah. And it just like, it literally still makes me laugh to think about it. And yeah. if you, I mean, it's probably been some time since you've actually watched the original clip, but yeah. like, I, I highly recommend <laughs> you go back and watch it because it's actually like, it's just hilarious. You yeah. know, like Birdman is upset and near tears, you know, yeah, like yeah. it's like, because they just weren't putting a proper respect on his name, which you, everyone can relate to. I, I saw like a, a, a news story on some hip hop site today that was like Birdman puts his L, uh, Miami mansion up for 15 million. And and like I didn't really care about the real estate part, but I was like, I wonder what has gone on in that house. You know, <laughs> like what is the domestic life of a Birdman? Wow, that's dark. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this, like, I mean, it automatically is dark, right? Yeah, you know, it's like He's a, a super villain esque. Yeah, character. classic, you know, music industry shady man. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, you, are, you are hiding a hundred million dollars. 
Yeah, you were hiding many, many lawsuits. <laughs> so my my actual meme of the year is so maybe you saw this, but earlier this year Nike put out an ad with Colin Kaepernick that was about his his decision to kneel and essentially get himself blackballed from the NFL. Mm-hmm. So there's this photo of Colin Kaepernick on black and white with white text that says "Believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything." And it was a really powerful ad. It like lit up the internet. It mm-hmm. lit up Nike's stock numbers. Like mm-hmm. it was like a huge boon to the company. And shortly after Kanye West went on TMZ and was wilding out and saying some ridiculous things, including uh, slavery was a choice. A similar a similar photo ad came up, but this time built, branded by Adidas with slavery is a choice <laughs> over Kanye West's black and white face. And <laughs> it's like. We're posting the show notes, but and Google it if you're if you're listening to this on Spotify and you can't and you can't uh, click on the show notes. But like, it's just the juxtaposition of Con- the seriousness <laughs> in Kanye's face with <laughs> with that caption. It like takes me fully out. Yeah. Like, I love it. Yeah, it's no, that's. I mean, damn, it's a good one. Adidas, you know, they had a good year, but maybe not at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's a. Re- this is a really hard one. But I think I got to go with uh, Young Thug and Little Dirk in the studio. You know, just looking at the computer. Oh, yes. It's so many that applications for it. That is a good you one. You know, like there's something about just generally people use like looking serious at a computer that is just always funny. There's a classic one of Nas with his sunglasses on. I think he, <laughs> I think he was doing like a Reddit AMA. Yeah. And it's just him with his sunglasses on looking at a computer screen. And it just, the jokes write themselves. Yeah, seriously. Uh, so, you know, uh, if you haven't seen it, go look it up. There's a bunch of really funny, funny memes, uh, you know, that the geniuses on the internet created. Also, honorable mention to five-year-old Cardi B., and like all the like oh, I'm yeah. telling ones. That's right. That one's really funny too. Terrible little sibling. I feel like I'm forget. Like there's pro- there's definitely at least a couple that I'm forgetting. There's for sure so many I'm forgetting, which is why we're gonna have this big thread in Boosie fade that goes gets over people to solicit the them. Because yeah. like I know some people with folders full of exactly. Memes, they, you know? they really keep track of them. Whoopie dee scoop, scoop dee dee whoop, whoop dee scoop dee poop, poop dee scoop dee scoop dee whoop, whoopie dee scoop whoop poop, poop dee dee whoop scoop. Poop, poop, scoop dee dee whoop, whoop dee dee scoop, whoop dee dee scoop poop. So best, the next topic is best new artist. And this year, I feel like there was a bunch of great new artists. Yeah, it's a with, transitional year. Yes, it is. It is. And I feel like some of these people who are the leaders of the new school in this year are going to be the dominators in two years. And probably next year, you're going to have like a real br- big breakout year. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was really hard to choose one person. So I'm going to choose two because it's a tie mm-hmm. they're going to share this prize my two choices are tierra whack and juice world so tierra whack is from philadelphia and you've heard her t- you've heard us talk about her quite a bit on this podcast and i'm very heartened to know i've heard from many listeners who've said that they've listened to tierra whack because of us talking about it mm-hmm. and they really loved her yeah and i know one listener who listened to her and didn't really like didn't really care for it so i'm not going to say anything about that Chris, if you're listening, <laughs> I'm disappointed. Tear um, Wax, who I tell when people ask me, and I don't tr- like trust that they're necessarily, or even if I do think they're gonna like rap, they like rap, but like 
They don't really like rap. Tara Wack is like to me the bridge for everybody now. Yeah, and that's that's part of her charm, in my opinion. Like that's that's what I think makes her so special is that she can rap in a way that appeals to all kinds of classic rap fans. Mm-hmm. And she sings and she tries new styles. She does like a country song on the on, yeah. on Wack World uh, yeah. project from this year. And I think just her versatility, her sense of humor, her creativity, her creativity seems boundless. It's really out of this world, and it feels like we've only gotten the slightest sliver of that. Yes. And there's so much more to come. There's a really recent uh, Fader cover story that about her that is, I think is worth going out of your way to read, and it's just talking about how she's dealing with all of this hype that she's getting now, because she's gotten co-signs from people like Lauren Hill and Andre 3000. Mm-hmm. Meek Mill's been a longtime supporter, so like people in the industry think that she's special and think that she's destined for huge things, mm-hmm. and so now the world's kind of watching her, Yeah, and she deserves all the attention. Yeah, no, for sure. Juice World, um, I'll try and I'll keep this short, because, I mean, ultimately, the reason I think Juice World is special is kind of tied to one album. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of these, the other stuff that I've heard from him is, is not really tickled my fancy in the same way, but the album is um, Good Riddance and Goodbye, mm-hmm. which is um, which is basically, like I feel like, one of the one of the big moments for this like burgeoning emo rap genre that has been spawned or at least popularized by like Little Peep. And mm-hmm. you have people like Trippy Red dripping their feet into that water. And... Mm-hmm. Like, and this this project I think is a really good example of where I think this could go. Mm-hmm. So Juice World is from um, is from a suburb of Chicago mm-hmm. or an area of Chicago, and just really seems to find a really unique lane of like of just like a, a really you know kind of advancing on some of the stuff that Little Peep had like the, the template that Little Peep had created, mm-hmm. and just like really interesting songwriting some of it's really like juvenile and kind of dumb mm-hmm. uh, he is like a teenager and some of it's just like a little bit even if the lyrics don't seem to like don't seem particularly special the way he sings it and the way that he emotes it actually mm-hmm. like leaves you with all of this like really like heart you know heart-rending feeling so um i think that he has a lot of potential recent projects of his like he did a collaborative project with future called uh world on drugs which i didn't really think was very great mm. But he also did this run of freestyles on all these radio stations, including Westwood and I think Funk Flex, where he would just freestyle legitimately off the top of his head for sometimes up to like an hour. (laughs) And like, it's very impressive. Yeah. And I think because he has those skills, he flexes. It's kind of like Little Yachty. Right. You know, Little Yachty's sweet spot is in the singing in in melodies. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is the same thing with Juice World is like singing and kind of like the emo rap songs. Mm -hmm. But because he, he, I mean, ostensibly has the skills to do other things he feels the need to flex those muscles but those things just don't come across as sharply mm-hmm. and that's what i'm finding with juice world but i think that if, if he stays in the emo rap lane like there's i there's no there's no ceiling on on his success mm. i mean i think even in doing the other stuff there's no ceiling on his success at this point because he's actually so popular but it's just i just hope that he does a little more of the goodbye and good riddance good uh, good riddance and goodbye stuff and less of the you know trap rappy stuff yeah uh, for me, I've got um, two artists we've mentioned before on the on here. Um, that I, again, it's a sort of similar situation at a tie. Um, the first is Little Baby, who is only sort of a, a new artist because he actually did come out in uh, 2017 uh, and started creating a buzz. But he really landed this year, and now is already. I would say he's pretty much rap a list at this point. I mean, he's getting top 40 hits. Uh, you know, it seems like the whole industry is behind him. 
Uh, and he just put out a lot of my favorite music this year. Um, he's an incredible rapper who uh, his like skills are, you know, he's, I think he's actually, actually one of the best, uh, funniest rappers to come along in a little while. And just, you know, uh, he's just really good at, at making music. So uh, super excited about him. Uh, and then my other guy is YBN Corday, who is re- a true newcomer. Uh, I don't know how much music he had on the internet before this year. He doesn't have that much music anyway, but everything he's put out has been strong in a very uh, sort of classic rapping sense. And it's been really actually refreshing. It's sort of like uh, traditional values of of what makes good rapping from, say, like the 90s or 2000s, especially early 2000s. But, you know, translated without sort of like feeling like this is some kind of weird vintage thing in uh, 2018. So... I'm really excited for him to put out like a proper album because all the, his only release has sort of been this uh, the the YBN, YBN collaboration. compilation, yeah. yeah, which is kind of a hit or miss record. Yes. So. I'm tired of trying love. You try to buy my love. I'm tired of crying love. You try to buy my love. Buy love. I So the next award goes to best beef. Jordan, who do you have as having the best beef? I think the best beef of 2018 to me is uh, Kanye West versus Kanye West. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a real roller coaster ride watching all of this go down. You know, we had the Wyoming sessions, we had this five albums in five weeks thing, mm-hmm. we had the the MAGA hat, we had the Charlemagne s- interview, Charlemagne interview. We had the TMZ. TMZ slavery was a choice. Then we had some, you know, strange apology, strange apology, but it but didn't seem to take. Didn't yeah. seem like he meant it either. Yeah. Then he kind of like cavalierly would rap about some of these things. It was just it was just really difficult. Yeah. To watch Kanye West go through all of this stuff this year and yeah. not really know what was going on and not know like. Is he okay? Is this some kind of gimmick? Is this a promotional thing? Like, what's going on with Kanye West? You know, yeah. that was, I feel like that was one of the big things of this year. And like in the last few months, he's mostly died down. Although he has popped up on on the albums of the two most controversial rappers of, of this year, Excess and Tension and Takashi Six Nine. Yeah. And so I don't know. It's it's uh, he, he somehow managed to have this huge. Chart topping hit with Little Pump. I love it. Um, it's probably his best song of the year. Yeah, it's like Kanye. Kanye. That's the thing. It's like despite all of all of this, all of this stuff, and like all the political antics that have like alienated so many of his diehard fans, people have supported him for his entire career. He can still fall ass backwards into a huge hit. Well, he's so talented. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it's like even when everything is kind of going left for him, he still has that talent. You know, mm. uh, it's it's it's. I mean, I, I remember like a year ago saying in like the Boozy Fake group that there are four there were four untouchable artists at the time. Uh, Rihanna, Beyonce, Cardi B at the time. I don't know if she still has that same status. And Kanye. And Kanye was the only male like person actually maybe it wasn't cardi maybe it was frank ocean anyway those are my they were my people and uh now like i i couldn't have imagined that kanye would destruct in this way you know like just alienate so many of his longtime fans 
it, it's it's i mean it was it sucks in my opinion it's, it, it's, it definitely sucks and when i say best beef i don't mean the beef i enjoyed the most this year it's yeah. definitely not that it's just like for me it's like one of the biggest things that stood out this year about battling yeah he was definitely battling something so my best beef is the most entertaining beef which is azalea banks versus elon musk which Featuring is, Grimes. Fe- featuring Grimes, yeah. Uh, which is actually super hilarious. It can't go... It's actually like... I mean, we could probably do an entire episode just on that if, incident. If, pe- if people don't know about this beef, can you give them a little primer? Like yes, a little I'll give them a little primer. There's so many good details to it that there's no way that I can do it fully justice. But So please go in and do your research. But just to, to give you a little primer. So... Azalea Banks, if you are unaware, is a, one of the more controversial figures who really just speaks with a crazy <coughs> freeness, good or bad, about whatever is going on in her mind, which has gotten her in a lot of trouble and perhaps been very detrimental to her career. Anyway, she was supposed to record a, a song with Grimes, a indie Montreal, formerly a Montreal-based indie artist, <coughs> who at the time had sort of raised her celebrity status by dating the uh, tech uh, inventor and billionaire Elon Musk of Tesla fame. Uh, Grimes and and Musk made their grimy Musk. Did they ever have like a celebrity nickname? No, because it'd be too gross. Yeah, that's true. Like that's, the one you just mentioned. Yeah, exactly. So uh, they they made their debut at the Met Gala. Uh, and, you know, it was sort of the Internet's least favorite couple to ever come out. Then uh, a few weeks later, uh, basically, it's, <laughs> Azalea Banks starts posting allegedly from Elon Musk's house, just airing all of their dirty laundry, including <laughs> that um, Grimes introduced Elon Musk to weed and that he purposely put the, the Tesla stock price at 420 uh, because of his introduction to weed, which was like an SEC violation and might result in him losing the company or like facing other charges, uh, you know, just airing so much like juice and dirt and Elon Musk kind of starting out by pretending that he has no idea who this person is or what she's talking about and her like being like, I've been at your house for four days. It was just so funny. Yeah. And like I, I personally have no sympathy for tech billionaires. They're like one of the, the the strata of civilization that I have very little time for. And so it was like this is like, and it's also just good to see her use her powers for good. Yeah, you know what? I mean, it's so interesting. Like I am an Azealia Banks fan. Um, pretty, I would say, pretty big one. And you know, I I do love her, and I do want her to have the success I think she deserves, even if she keeps, if she seems to keep blocking her own shot. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, I'm really astounded that people still invite her places. <laughs> yeah. Like, are you kidding? <laughs> like, do you think that she's not going to air out every single thing that happens? No yeah. matter like, like if you think about the people who she's worked with in the music industry and how these relationships have ended. Yeah. Like Kanye West reached out to her at some point this year and they did some work together and she started airing him out. You know, it's like no one is safe. Mm -hmm. And like, I just would not bring her anywhere because if you, if you run afoul of her, which it seems like is almost inevitably going to happen. Yeah. 
Um, she will go in on you. Yeah. And she's also so funny. She's, she's like so, so funny. funny. She's so smart. So smart and so savage. Like yeah. the way that she insults you, I feel like because her insults are so specific yeah. and so brutal. Yeah. That shit will stick with you forever. Why yeah. would you invite that into your life? Yeah, exactly. You, know, you had to admire her from afar. Yeah. No, I, I I really I mean recently she someone, you know, made some dumb comment to her on and like was that on Instagram? I think it was on Instagram. And she just clapped back so hard at this guy being like your lips smell like uh envelope labels and stuff it was just so good like it was like we we just need to find a way to harness her power and and put it towards our enemies and like the world <laughs> will be a better place honestly i agree with that i yeah. agree with that So, um, next on to a, uh, more, slightly more serious award, uh, best local release. Who was your favorite, uh, local release this uh, year? Let me keep it short and sweet. Yeah. It's a uh, little Beretti from Toronto's Regent mm-hmm. Park, put out a project called Icebreaker this year on new gen, which is an imprint, uh, of XL records mm-hmm. recordings, I should say. And, um, just like the most promising young talent of the city in a while, I would say just mm-hmm. like an, an innate gift for melody and songcraft and a really strong ability to tap into deep emotions and experiences mm-hmm. and then to articulate them in a way that is both makes you feel the struggle, but mm-hmm. also feels you feel the triumph of it. Yeah, no, for sure. All right. Who do you got, James? Uh, I got a uh, smoke dog. Uh, I mean, my probably to me the like saddest thing that happened in hip hop this year was uh the untimely death of smoke dog i really i loved his music ever since he came out with still with moji uh and then he's recently released and it kind of came out at an unfortunate time because it was like on the really stacked day with like the same day as the meek mill release mm-hmm. and the earl release mm-hmm. his, his debut album uh struggle before glory and you know, I I've like I haven't even had as much time to listen to this record as I would have liked because it's something I've been looking forward to for a long time. And frankly, a lot of like great street rappers from the city seem to not necessarily put out like cohesive projects. But this has some really strong production. He's you could see the growth in his rapping on it, um, and you know it hit, the money is going to go to his like family. So you know, go out and stream it. You can even maybe put it on repeat when you go to sleep with your computer on mute. You know, if you, or just listen to it, it all the time. It doesn't count if it's on mute. It has um, to, yeah. Even on your desk, like on doesn't your desktop? Count. Really? It doesn't count. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Volume, put it, put your, ear, put your you can just put your earbuds in then and just leave that. Um, anyway, no, but seriously, Smoke Dog, go listen to Smoke Dog. Uh, he's, he's a, he's a Toronto legend. And, uh, you know, this, this record has Murder Beats production. I wish Drake had dropped a verse on it. I think that would have been a really yeah, nice move. Yeah, that would have been nice. He should have done that. He should have. Yeah, he has. Uh, he did post a video of him rapping along to it on Insta, but he should have dropped a verse on it. You know, Smoke Dog gave him a coast. You know, he kind of gave him a little clap in the city when they were kind of going fucking with each other. So it's true. It's true. Anyway. So the final topic yeah. is who did you miss most in 2018? 
So for me, it was Party Next Door. Uh, he, Party Next Door is probably my favorite uh, Toronto-based artist um, ever, maybe? Like, I, I love his work. And uh, he seemed to have some legal troubles, maybe some troubles with uh, substance abuse this year. I don't want to, like project anything but he did get arrested he did get arrested with with opiates and mm-hmm. niagara falls america u.s side which is oof, of all the places in the world to be caught uh anyway like i love his work and i in like he is he has barely any social media presence uh he like the what little presence he did i think at one point he took some shots at drake that got deleted uh, then has like posted other times, like kind of like happy birthday, Drake and like congrats on Scorpion and all of this kind of thing kind of felt like a lot of the stuff that he, the music, the very little music that he was on kind of seemed like it might have been recorded in previous years. So I'm just hoping everything's okay with him. And I'm really hoping, you know, he comes back in, uh, 2019 with some, a new project. Mm-hmm. Um, my first, the person that I, I, I missed most in 2018, actually is still present in some ways in 2018 mm-hmm. in the sense that he's put out a lot of music this year, mm-hmm. but he is in prison serving a sentence right now. And it's O3 Greedo. Mm. And you know what? He, for all that has been said, like all the interviews he did before he was, had to got sentenced. It's like, he's recorded a ton of music and it'll be coming out over the next few years. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he is not out to enjoy the success that he just started to get where yeah. a lot of other rappers are shouting him out and realizing that he's really special and mm-hmm. that he's just not out to enjoy. It. It's kind of, it really bums me out. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really, and there's, there's some rumors that like he might actually, you know, get paroled a lot earlier than he, I think he's serving a 20 year sentence, but yeah. there's rumors that he could possibly get paroled in 2020 or he's up for parole in 2020. So I'm really hoping that, 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 goes through mm-hmm. um just because like you know he has all he has all this music out and you just kind of want him to you want him to be able yeah, to enjoy of course. it thrive know? and get the show money and everything yeah yeah And that's the end of part one of our best of 2018. We'll be back next week talking about our favorite albums and songs of the year. Yeah. Let us know if you've got any uh, memes we missed or any uh, like thing that we just missed in this episode because a lot happened. You yeah. Know? It's a, it was a crazy year. It was a crazy year in rap. So, so everyone released projects. It's nuts. Yeah. yeah. Um, so please let us know. Uh, Twitter, DM, Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, hit us up on all the usual sources, the Boosie Fade group, of course. Um, and thank you for listening. Yeah. And, you know, as always, rate, review, subscribe if you haven't. Take a little screen cap, post it on the gram. Anything like that, it goes a long way, and we really appreciate it every single time. I, you know, we say it often, but it, seriously, it's always such a boost to see it. So, yeah. All right. Have a good week. <laughs>